Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. The Gatos and Chad Show. Brought to you by Parker & Sons. Heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Happy, happy, happy Wednesday, everybody. All right, we got a water problem here in the state of Arizona, and certainly... In a place called Rio Verde Foothills, just outside of Scottsdale. Scottsdale shut the water down. Uh, So we've got people in Rio Verde. They're skipping showers. Uh, They're using paper plates. They're doing the laundry the way they used to do the laundry at Little House on the Prairie. They're going out and they got the thing in the bucket and they're going, right, hanging in the backyards. Becky Lynn, what's the thing with the toilet? If it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. Is that how it goes? I got the big thumbs up. Becky Lynn doesn't want to be part of that. But. It's not a joke. That's what they're doing out in Rio Verde foothills because there is no water. All right. Is this going to start happening around town, around Arizona? Chad, we got an expert. We got an We go we to the expert. We got an expert. All right. Joining us now, uh, Sarah Porter, director of the uh, Kyle Center for the Water Policy at ASU's Morrison Institute. Hey, Sarah, how are you today? I'm well. Nice to be with you. Good to have you here. All right, let's talk about Rio Verde foothills. So there's, we talked to some people yesterday. There are a couple days, maybe a week or two. They're not going to have mm-hmm. any water whatsoever. Can you shine a little bit of, of light on this situation? Did Scottsdale just leave them hanging out to dry? Well, Scottsdale made the decision to no longer extend the the benefit or the service of being a water provider to those folks who live there and rely on water haulers to fill their, their these trucks right. um, full of water and then drive to Rio Verde where they fill local, you know, uh, storage tanks. Um, I, you know, we are getting to a place where cities that rely on Colorado River water need to look carefully at their portfolios and make sure that they have sufficient supplies and sufficient backup supplies to serve their ratepayers, their customers within their cities, if there are larger cuts in Colorado River supplies. And Scottsdale has done that, and they made the decision some time ago that they could no longer provide ex, you know water to this community that's outside of their boundaries hmm. uh i look and i say yeah, rio verde is the first but there has to be several others throughout you know arizona that are in positions like this where they could see their water cut off what's it look like outside of rio verde this is a pretty unusual situation what we're looking at is an unincorporated community adjacent to a municipality that is using water that from a city that relies on Colorado River water. So we do have other places around the state where there are these these communities in unincorporated areas that are relying on a standpipe from, you know, that a municipality um, lets them get their water from, but they tend to be in places that are not relying on Colorado River water. Not saying that there aren't any others, but this is a fair, you know, it's quite an unusual situation. We're speaking with Sarah Porter about uh, water here in Arizona. She's the director of the Kyle Center for the Water Policy at ASU's Morrison Institute. So we, we heard an expert say yesterday, Phoenix could be uninhabitable by 2060. Uh, was that a laugh or is... Uh, <laughs> that, that was a chuckle. Okay. I don't know what they were looking at. Maybe um, something other than water, I would say. 
Oh, I can play the clip for you, and then I'd love to get your get your take on this. <laughs> okay. All right, so so good. We got a chuckle, uh, Chad. We, we were going to be uh, I ninety. Like the chuckles. We're, we're going to be ninety right around that point, and I still like to drink water <laughs> if I'm ninety. All right, Sarah. Here's what uh, here's what it said. Circle of Blue, which investigates water scarcity, warns a worst case scenario for Arizona could make Phoenix one of the most uninhabitable places in the world by 2060. In the world. So, what do you think? I think this ignores a whole lot of really important facts. And one is the the Colorado River isn't Phoenix's only source of supply. It is the most stressed source of supply currently. It also ignores. So we have other sources of supply to serve people who live, you know, in greater Phoenix. Uh, We are using less and less water every year. Per capita use of water is going down. And yet it's not as if we're feeling it or noticing it. We're, we still are able to have a, a flourishing city with a good quality of life. And, and you know, th- there are options for bringing additional water supplies um, to the area if that becomes needed. So even worst case scenario, I don't think we're looking at uninhabitable. Yeah, because, you know, one of the things they always take in, in effect, is that, that, that we as human beings will use technology and other things to combat a lot of these things. What are some of the things that are out there in the future where, you know, we've talked about like saline plants, but nobody wants any of these yeah. plants around them. But there's plenty of things that can be done as we use less and less, more water efficient, that it can combat a lot of these doomsday things. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest thing, of course, is re- getting more and more efficient with how we use water, which we're doing pretty passively. Every time you get a new appliance or a new plumbing, um, you know, fixture, you're probably improving your efficiency. Uh, so that's the lowest hanging fruit. Beyond that, there are opportunities for um, uh, moving water from a nearby groundwater basin, the Harquahela Basin, um, there, of course, there's a, a study going on to enlarge one of the two SRP reservoirs on the Verde River that could yield a significant amount of water. There's a study looking at whether SRP could store a little bit of a little bit more, five percent more water in Roosevelt Dam, sort of seasonally, and then take that water off and use it to replenish aquifers. Uh, there are a couple of different proposals for providing desalinated ocean water. Um, to some water users in Phoenix. So those are just some of the options that are out there among many. But more important is to to recognize that we have these rules in place for long-term, long, long-term water supplies for people who live in, most of the people who live in central Mm -hmm. Arizona, any housing subdivision of six or more homes, um, many of the bigger, older cities. And so... We make sure that before we grow, we have long-term water supplies in place. And that means that this, the planning to make sure of these future water demands is, is happening now. You know, we, we've, we've already, we're looking already at what is the water demand of 2060 going to be right. and putting programs in place to make sure that there's enough water. Uh, Sarah Porter's joining us, Director of Kyle Center for Water Policy at ASU's Morrison Institute. Sarah, do you see in the next year or two where the everyday Arizonans, we're all everyday Arizonans, we've got to mm-hmm. cut back. Uh, we can't do our lawn anymore. We can't use water at a certain time of day. We've got to conserve. Uh, there are going to be people, you know, walking around, tattling on us because, well, we're watering the plants. Do you see a position where we become California? California. <laughs> there you go. No. 
I don't see Arizona being like California because our planning happens on much, much longer timelines. I do expect that cities will be pushing conservation messages and rolling out programs to encourage people to use less water. And that's always good, you know. Mm. Um, but I don't see what you're describing as water rationing. Yes. Now, that could happen. It could happen. Um, but cities have been working to avoid that. Uh, here's the situation that we have. The Colorado River is about 40% of the water supply for the whole state of Arizona. It's more like 30% of the water supply for greater Phoenix. And from city to city, there's a great deal of variation on how much of their water portfolio is the Colorado River. This is a very stressed system. We are looking at a point called Deadpool, where water couldn't be delivered off the two big reservoirs that hold water for Arizona, California, Nevada, and Mexico. So we need to take some serious measures to leave water in the reservoirs to avoid Deadpool. Uh, That could mean cuts in the portfolios of some cities. And so those cities that are affected are already working on getting people to reduce their water use to make sure that they can stretch their available supplies over their base of customers. All right. Sarah, thanks a lot. We appreciate the time. Thanks for having me. Sarah Porter, director of the Kyle Center for Water Policy at ASU's Morrison Institute. I need a water break. Grab your water. Let's let's have a sip. I got a lot. Becky Lynn. You do some stuff for us, Becky, while we sit here and have a drink? Stop wasting water. No, this is good. Uh, It's toilet water. Don't worry about it. She said... uh, (laughs) 2060, don't worry about it. We're not becoming... We're going to be fine. Yeah. Kind of uh, panic and everything. Oh, my God, we're not going to have any water. The world's coming. Oh, I'm, I'm. Well, I thought some, that was good, though, that what she said about how as we move on, we do better. We're more efficient. We, we don't even know we're more efficient. Th- no, exactly, because yeah. we, we're not noticing. That's all that's to the Rio Verde you know, Foothills I mean, residents. You can't flush well, the toilet. No, you have to flush it 12 true. times to get something to go down, but still, at the end of the day, <laughs> we're more efficient. What are you eating? So, fiber. Okay. <laughs> At 405, we're going to talk to a resident from Rio Verde Foothills. He's running out of water. That's a, you know what I mean? He doesn't have any water. Can you believe this? In this day and age. So that's 405. All right, coming up next, there's a new study out on football fans who swear the most. Uh, where do Arizona Cardinals fans fall on that list? We'll tell you next on the Gatos and Chad Show. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Hey, if you've got the oldest AC, you want a brand new high-efficiency AC with an air purifier, courtesy of Day and Night Air Conditioning, text the word DAY to 411923 to enter now. Message and data rates may apply. There's an interesting uh, study. You and I are big football fans. I'm a two-time fantasy football champion consecutive years. Yeah. Went to a championship the third year. Did not host the trophy. uh, I don't want to talk about it. Anyway, uh, there's a a study out on uh, which football fans swear the most. Um, well, it's interesting because you can take this as the Cardinals are dead last or they're first. I don't know which one to do. So the Cardinals, here's their one accolade that they can actually be. I don't know. I don't know. Are if you proud like, of this? I don't know. Because I think if you, the more ferocious and voracious you are, yeah. that you want to win and you put it, you would be. It, to me, this says uh, we don't really we, have. Uh, we're not. We have no passion. We curse less than anybody in the league. Yeah. Oh, golly shucks. Oh, golly gee. Oh, super gee whiz, guys. <laughs> Can't believe we just lost the game. That's just not good. Oh, oh darn. Oh, jeez. Shnikes. Uh, <laughs> so let's put it into perspective, okay? 
Here are the biggest loud-mouthed fans in the league. Steelers at number five, Jets at number four, Vegas with the Raiders at three, the Detroit Lions at two. Well, it's Detroit. And the New York Giants at one. There you go. Uh, the York. Giants fans swear the most. So I'll tell you this. Um, growing up, my grandfather, my dad, and my brother and I, we went to you know years and years of Giants football games. Some of the great memories of my entire life. And I, I do remember, uh, not on occasion, but very often as a kid, my dad turning around saying, Quit cursing in front of my kid. Because <laughs> we, it's New York, man. Yeah, yeah. You're just going to hear that kind of stuff. So, all right. Now, all these years later, I go to the Cardinals games. I could curse at every single play. Ask me why I don't curse, honestly. Because you don't go because you sell your tickets. No, <laughs> other than that. <laughs> other than that. It, honestly, you're, Tom, you're in the no cursing zone, right? No, no, no. The no drinking zone. I am in that the non-alcoholic. Right that's part of it. But you, can you guys guess why I don't curse? Because you don't care and expect anything. Nope. They're, these are all good. Becky Lynn, you got to know. You don't know the words. What do you, I know the F word. I know, the, I know all the words. And you told me to guess. I was just guessing. Why, wise man Steve Zinsmeister, why don't I curse at Cardinals games? Because you're there with your wife. Well, actually, she curses more than I do. Uh, mm. Pablo, you got to guess? You're drunk. I'm not drunk. She's oh, no, in a drinking zone. Yes. And she does curse more because I play golf with her. Yeah, that's true. You, you don't know, care enough. No, no, I do. Mm. You know why I don't curse? They're kids around. Mm. Oh, they're kids strong. around at the Cardinals games. There's always oh. a little kid. Oh, I don't, shucks or gee. Well, no, I don't even do that. I just, I could curse, but I, I am not going to curse in front of a kid. Now, when I'm home watching now, the my game, my kid may curse in front of you. I hope that's okay. <laughs> your your four year old. Oh, what did, Charlie's. What had did she say the other day? She dropped the f bomb the other day. She's, oh, what? Yeah, yeah. Charlie oh. at four dropped the f bomb. Yeah. What did she say? I don't know what it was, and I'm like, did I? What? Oh my god! Who says that around here? Oh. Uh, <laughs> pointed at you. Daddy says it. No, she might have heard it on television. But it was something. And she take her to horror movies. She's four years old. I don't take her to horror movies. Although the other night, bad parenting. I thought she was listening and watching something in the other room. She was behind us watching this horror movie because I thought she was sleeping. She oh, was not. My gosh. She's like, no, 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 Daddy. I want to watch it. It's scary. I like it. Oh my gosh. I'm like, hey, by a- the way, Aaron Rodgers, number one for cursing. If he's the most foul-mouthed quarterback. I'll take Aaron Rodgers every day. Bill Belichick, number one um, for cursing. I'll take him every day. Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray ranks fifth. Oh, good. Because oh, <laughs> I fear he sounds like that. <laughs> he does not sound like that. All right, so the Arizona Cardinals, they are the least foul-mouthed fans in the league. You guys should be so... That's disgusting. Gosh darn proud of yourself. You go to a football game, you've got to start dropping bombs unless you're in front of a kid like me. Here's something. Uh, wise man Steve, you went to a hockey game last night oh, at yeah. the Mullet Center. Did you hear any cursed words? Yeah, from a kid. There you go. There's a kid in my section who uh, was a Red Wings fan who yelled at the ref and said some words. Really? And we all laughed. We thought it was hilarious. Well, that is funny. Also, it's a small arena, so everybody could hear it. Yeah. And the players, by the way, uh, phenomenal. If you've never been on a sporting uh, sporting event or been close to the field enough to hear, there's some language used on the field. Yes. All right. So congratulations, Cardinals fans. You've got a clean mouth and a bad football team. Coming up next, Coming up. holding up the headlines, uh, Becky Lynn's going to read the news at 3.30, just minutes from now. Uh, we, Gatos and Chad, we interrupt, we react to the day's top stories. We're going to be snarky. Snark! Arizona's news station. News station. KTAR. On air, 92.3 FM. Online at KTAR.com. And streaming live on the KTAR News app. Your breaking news and traffic. Now. It- 
It's 3.30, and you know what that means. Time for us to hold up the headlines with the headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Becky Lynn. KTAR Eyes on Education. There's a new report that shows public school enrollment numbers are lower than expected, and the ESA program could be a major reason why. KTAR's Colton Krolak is live in the News Center with more. That's right, Becky. The state was counting on public schools to grow prior to the pandemic. According to a new Common Sense Institute Arizona report, that didn't happen. Not only did the districts not add those students, they lost students in 2020, and they've never recovered back to those levels. The Institute's Glenn Farley says one reason is more students using school vouchers. District schools have 70,000 fewer students than projected. That creates statewide education savings. That gap between what we thought we were going to be paying for in our district schools and what we're actually paying for in our district schools is what creates that $500 million in savings. Live in the News Center, Colton Krulak, KTAR News. But Beth Lewis with the advocacy group Save Our Schools Arizona disagrees with report findings. She points out budget officials at the state legislature reported last week that about 30,000 students have been approved under the ESA expansion at an unbudgeted cost of $200 million. Holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn reads the news while Gatos and Chad interrupt and react to the day's top stories. Uh, two different people saying two different things uh, because two different people are representing two different things. Guess where the truth is? Usually somewhere in the middle. That's what. If I'm advocating for schools, I want to get rid of some stuff. I'm talking about, oh, this is what it's costing us. If I like choice in these things, this is what it's saving us. Where's the reality? I know that, look, across the country, schools uh, enrollment is down, and a lot of that is because kids decided to do something else or stay and be homeschooled after covid and and that's that's an issue well wasn't Ducey paying people to get their kids out of public public schools or give them the option okay well and then enrollment goes down you give people you know money uh and they'll use it to go and do something else and then people leave the public school system uh Ducey was not a fan of the public school system never thought he was uh, he paid the teachers because he had to. He got put against the walls. 35,000 people showed up in his front lawn. Uh, but I think he was paying people to leave the public school system. That's why enrollment is down. We're holding up the headlines. KTAR News. Water Watch. Rio Verde Foothills is without a reliable water source after Scottsdale shut off access to their supply January 1st. And a lawsuit argues this move violates state law. KTAR's Luke Forstner is live in the news center with more on the story. Yeah, Becky, that lawsuit was brought by Rio Verde Foothills residents like Christy Jackman, a claimant in the case. There really is a law on the books, and it states very specifically, if a municipality serves water to an unincorporated portion of the county, they may not discontinue that service. She tells KTAR Scottsdale rejected two proposals to process the city's water for Rio Verde foothills, one involving private utility EPCOR and the other utilizing the Apache tribe's water supplies. She adds both offers would have compensated the city. Live from the News Center, Luke Forstner, KTAR News. If, if Scottsdale turns the water off on Rio Verde, isn't it also Scottsdale that should help with the solution to get them water? If you're supplying them with water year after year after year and you decide we're not going to do it anymore, shouldn't you be part of the solution to help that neighborhood or that town 
get water. And it sounds to me like Scott Sell said, we don't care about you. We're not going to give you water. We told you this for a couple of years and we're done. Well, and I, I think that's the wrong thing. For a decade, uh, you didn't believe it. You got to ask yourself, should you have thought about it and, and figured out a way, you know, just in case maybe they're serious. Uh, that being said, if they brought you some solutions that may have even helped you, mm. uh, it's stupid to turn it down. It feels like there's a little bit of personal uh, vendettas going on here potentially, but we'll never know because that guy refuses to come on and talk well, to us. Uh, we've we've reached out to the uh, mayor of Scottsdale. We're now shaming him. Uh, now we're going to shame him on the air shame. and see if we can get him. <laughs> that's how. That's what we're stooping to. No, I mean, listen, he should come on and say, this is what happened. I want to hear your side. Of course. Everybody's bashing you. Maybe well, your side is seriously. like, oh, hold on a second. Let yeah. me tell you what really Or are happened. you just a big meanie and you turned the water off? That's what Gators look like. <laughs> we're holding up the headlines. Oh, I got that. Give me the smile. Left on the right, please. If you're going through your packing list, be sure you know where your gun is. Oh, gosh. Nearly 200 guns were found at Phoenix Sky Harbor That's Airport's it? TSA checkpoint last year. TSA sucks. 196 guns were found at security checkpoints in 2022. That's the same as 2021's number. Unfortunately, Phoenix Sky Harbor tends to rank pretty high. And at 196, Phoenix Sky Harbor is number five this year. That's Patricia Mancha with the TSA, who says number some of the excuses they hear are, I forgot the gun was in my bag, mm. or my kid packed my gun. Oh, gosh. Or how else am I going to take the plane over? <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. We're you guys won't let me bring on, uh, you know, liquids. <laughs> the White House is slamming House Republicans for, quote, handing over the keys of oversight to the most extreme MAGA members of the Republican caucus. The administration doesn't explicitly name which lawmakers, Representatives Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar, now hold influential House committee seats after losing positions in the last Congress, and those are not the only assignments that are making some waves. Drawing the ire of the White House, newly seated House Oversight Committee members Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar now hold other seats too. Gosar on the Natural Resources Committee, Taylor Greene on Homeland Security. A 180 for both members who, last Congress, were kicked off committees after making incendiary comments. In battle, New York Representative George Santos also seated on the Science, Space, and Technology and Small Business Committees. That has calls grow for Santos to resign as he faces federal and state probes for lying about his life and resume. About everything. Finch, ABC News, Washington. That guy lied about everything. Was, yeah, I won a volleyball championship. I was in the Olympics. Uh, I mean, I was. Uh, I ran the four by one hundred with the uh, Jamaica team. He lied about everything. Yeah. And they figured, well, they got to put him somewhere. How about put him in a closet? Yeah, how about get uh, rid of him? Yeah, you're in charge of janitorial services here. That's the committee you're going to be on. Yeah, we got a lot, a lot of bad ones in uh, Ari- not in Arizona. Well, we do. In Washington, Gosar, Green, despicable people. But also on the left, there are despicable people. There are people that hate this country that are on the far left. And so, you know. This is what happens when you don't win. You got to make sometimes, everybody's got to get an assignment, right? We all just can't come here and collect our stupid money and do nothing. We got to pretend like we're working. So all of you got to pull together and do a stupid job. So who wants to be in charge of natural resources? (laughs) Paul Gosar, stop (laughs) shaking and don't do some stuff. All right. Jeez, dude. We're holding up that. There is a new competitive sport on the scene that could soon challenge pickleball for the top trend because you really don't have to have any equipment to play it. And if you have brothers and sisters, you might have gotten in a lot of practice when you were younger. I know what it is. It's called the slap fight. 
And the first title fight goes down tonight on TBS, featuring 30 contenders. The rules are simple. Both athletes stand across a barrel (laughs) from each other, and they take turns hitting each other. You've never seen this? Oh, yeah. I've seen it. Open hand only. No hitting the temple, ear, neck, or nose. And if you're the one being slapped, no flinching. Is uh, this is is, this you would know this, young Pablo? Is this the Dana White thing, right? Yes. UFC. Yeah. This is the this is the Dana White thing, and I know he's in a little bit of trouble because he also just got into a slap fight. Oh, he did. Uh, But uh, oh, that's not very nice. No, it's true. He did. He hit his wife. Yeah. It's interesting because if you've never seen this, look at some of these things because these guys hit harder than you could think, and gals, and they will. They'll, they'll knock out people. They'll take a step back and they'll fall down. It's pretty spectacular. Uh, Becky Lynn, who would you like to see in a slap fight here at KTAR? Oh, my someone gosh. Someone versus someone. I thought about who, who, that. Who, who do you like? Uh, yeah, give me, a, give, give me I, something. Um, um, you know, I'm, um, all for getting, um, I'm all for getting Jim Sharp smacked around once in a okay. while. Okay. Uh, let's put up Jim Sharp and Mike Broomhead. Right, let's do it. Yeah. For no, our, my money's on Broomy. And he's got big arms. Yeah. Although he's cutting out the little arms, little yeah. T-Rexy arms. Yeah, but, hard, but uh, they're bulky. Hard to swing Mike over the Broomhead little thing. Mike Broomhead has T-Rexy arms. Yeah. Is that what you yeah. said? But they're bulky <laughs> T-Rexy arms. They're not long. Yeah. Jim Sharp just has, like, a dad bod. It's okay. Might have, you know, maybe he's got a good chin. Maybe he's got a good chin. You might you be right. Know. You never know. All right. Uh, okay, you can arrange that. We'll put it on the website when you get it That would be good. It would yeah. be big ratings. I thought you got smacked once by Detour Dan. He's no, got no. a lethal left he hand, does, man. He does, he does, he uh, does. Coming up next, you know, uh, I call the doctor quite often. I'm a hypochondriac. But the question this is... This might be perfect for you. Would I go to a robot doctor next? I want to slap the taste out your mouth. Drive home with the Gatos and Chad Show. Hey, guys, just want to tell you, if you guys are not paying attention, the greatest golf tournament in the world, not called the Masters. Hail as the People's Open returns to TPC Scottsdale at the Waste Management Open. Tees off uh, February 6th and runs through February 12th. If you said to yourself, I would love to throw beer on a golf course in front of everybody, <laughs> now's your chance. Plus, you can head to the contest page right now, KTR.com, for your chance to win a uh, tickets. Plus, one lucky winner, Greenskeeper Passes. Ooh. Man, last year when I think it was Sam Ryder had that hole-in-one, they still might be clearing all that beer off. <laughs> that is an experience if you've never been to the Phoenix Open. People it's throwing twelve dollar awesome. beer everywhere. Like, Seriously, it's amazing. All right, so I get the text from uh, Chad today, and he goes, "Dude, I got a new doctor for you." Yeah, and I said, "Okay, you know, I'm always uh, I'm always interested in getting new doctors, and they put it in my put it in my phone. You know, emergencies. I like to have everybody on hand because I am a hypochondriac." Uh, and I said, "Who's my new doctor?" He goes, "I'll tell you at three fifty. All right, man. It's three fifty. Go ahead. Who's last money? week? We touched on it. Okay, there would be lawyers sooner rather than later being able to represent you in the courtroom. How about the robot doctor? Yeah, the robot doctor. There is. Uh, they're looking at how do they get robot doc- to diagnose you with uh, and to answer questions that you see would be perfect for you because you're hypochondria. <laughs> you would have somebody oh, that you could jabber onto all day that yeah. won't bug you <laughs> right they'll just be like yes yes gatos yes you probably have that disease oh, yes no. gatos you probably but they're looking at it there's several startups in silicon valley okay. that are focused on treating copd and ai and machine learning tools are using them to help improve care but people say this cannot happen really because uh maybe mm, if you would have told me 15 20 years ago that uh, we're going to have a car that you're going to download stuff onto. Maybe you think, oh, that's, yeah, yeah, probably one day. It's happening now. And it, and our 
technology is changing at such a pace that it's it's insane. Okay. I know we talked about having an AI represent you in court. Yeah. A lawyer. Okay. Can you tell me what it would be like? I walk into the doctor's office and I sit down, you know, you got to, they always move you around, right? I mean, you got to sit in the waiting room and then they weigh you, right? And I never liked that because I got my shoes on. I say, listen, you got to take the five pounds off. Anyway, and then you go into the room and you sit on the paper, you know, the paper that's yeah. on the, and then you wait and wait and wait. Okay. What, is it is it a computer that I'm going to actually well, sit down this, and speak with? Right now, a lot of what you're going to see is these are people who are going to do stuff online, right? They maybe want a quick answer from something. They want to plug some stuff in. And doctors are going to be overlooking this. But, you know, they go back to in 2000, people laugh when they said, you know, uh, machines are starting to pick trades in stocks. Mm. Now? Right. Machines are the only things that pick trades and stocks. Analytics are the only thing. So you're going to get analytics of what may be the best thing to treat you. Things of that nature. Yeah, but here's where I hate it. Here's where I hate it. Some doctors just have, it's not necessarily a gut feeling, but, or maybe it is. Well, if for some, you know what yeah, I mean? there's right? going to be they, that gut feeling. They're like, it's not okay, human. Right. But it's also for a lot of people, it's going to take out, you know, and, and doctors nowadays, they're, think about how rushed they are, right? They have the insurance company. You got three minutes with each person. Go in there, see them, diagnose them, leave them, and go, you know, they'll go to a specialist if we need to. Here's a chance where you're going to have a chance to maybe mm. have AI to interact with, where maybe the doctor says, uh, I think you may have this, and then the AI will take care of it because they're going to be able to access your charts immediately. They're going to pull up stuff yeah, but they so can't, fast. They can't look at my body and say, well, you are a mess. That is- <laughs> <laughs> That's shingles, right? They're not going to be able to do I that. I can look at your body. And say, well, no, you I want you to look at my body. Something. Keep your keep your eyes off my body. You're the one who's like, I got shingles. Oh, I you did guys, have shingles. That was the. I told you I had you it a couple had years no ago. Idea no, they does not go into it. That was last no, year. I, a robot would have been better. No, it wouldn't have. Yes, it would have looked at I, you. Do you realize that you could have a stroke <laughs> at any time? Oh, jeez. <laughs> You know what a lot of uh, doctors are turning to? You made a point of it a second ago. You get three or four minutes or something like that. What is it? The, like the concierge service or something? Is that what Concierge, it's that's a lot of that. They're getting away from the... Uh, so what is that? That so is where I you have, have Dr. Sure they Lamb. don't take your insurance. What, what? They don't take insurance. Oh, they yeah. don't? No. But I also get his price for everything. So, so you do this? Yeah. Okay. So Dr. Lamb out there. What? So let's just say for the sake of argument, uh, we need to have an x-ray. I pay his price. He's got a machine there. He'll do it there. Let's say you need an MRI. Well, you go over here. Instead of paying whatever the insurance is going to be charged, yeah, it's 100 bucks. You go. And it's great because I have ac- I could text him right now. And he'll wait, text wait. me back. You, you text a you can text a doctor right Thank now. Yeah, he'll call me back. And oh. when I go see him, I got to get a new doctor. I'll wander in there, and you think, okay, cool, it's going to be ten minutes. I'll be in there for an hour. We'll just be chatting, relaxing, talking about stuff. How you feel? Anything else you're you want to get through? You're calling me. You say I bet I go to the. You, you I haven't seen him going here. I don't need to because I'm not a freak. You am- <laughs> I'm not a freak. They my, believe you should that. definitely. Oh my god, could you imagine a little robot doctor following you everywhere, taking your temperature, <laughs> making sure that you are okay? Can you imagine someone taking me on as a patient if they're a concierge doctor? No. I'd be calling him 24-7. No, he would change his number. Something wrong with my ear. And I felt a little twitch. Hey, you know? if you had a robot doctor, maybe you could have your own at home. That's what I'm talking about. And that's the thing where a lot of this is going, being able to diagnose certain things at home. All right. And tied to your doctor getting prescriptions to, no, easier. No, get Gators for Christmas. Oh, All yeah. All right, enough of you guys. Coming up next, Scottsdale is, uh, Scottsdale's cut off the water to a neighboring town, and we're going to talk to a resident of that neighboring town next.